I have been traveling the world and will continue to do so with the message that it's okay to not be okay. Why is this my message? Because we live in a society today that is obsessed with happiness. The message is that if there's something that's not okay with you, like you're not completely happy and perfect, something must be seriously wrong with you. But today, we're gonna talk about a different pattern. We're gonna talk about a barrier to happiness. Now this barrier is when it's not okay to be okay. In human society, envy is a reality of our emotional existence on Earth today. Envy makes us feel less than. Envy makes us feel like we can't have something we desperately want but that someone else has. Envy makes us feel like there's a grand canyon between us and another person, between us and what we want. This doesn't feel good. But what we do when we're unconscious is we simply react to that pain. And how do we react to that pain? In ways that we could consider socially dangerous. We try to remedy this gap between us by pulling them backwards, trying to take away what they have that we don't have, trying to prove that we're better than them, treating them like the enemy who's hurting us. This sets up a dynamic in our society where even though we all want happiness and we all want success, there's a certain amount of social risk to getting those things. And there's a certain amount of social risk to admitting it when we do. Even though we could also say that it's pretty socially unsafe to completely fail and to be completely miserable, obviously those types of people end up drugged up in institutions. So <laughs> basically, even though there's a certain amount of unsafety there, there's a certain amount of social safety to talking about what's wrong with us and talking about what's bad about us. There's a certain amount of social safety in not being super happy or super successful. It guarantees that you will not be a target and can thus avoid pain. But sometimes this social patterning goes much, much deeper and much closer to our core than just this overall atmosphere that's set up within society. And when this is the case, it's really a matter of survival for us to stay not okay. When most people have children, they are not in a place where they have resolved all of their unresolved past wounding. They have children before any of that is done. In fact, one of the main universal reasons that children even happen is so they can be the reflectors of the mirrors that show people their own unresolved aspects, so that, ideally in the seeing of them, a parent can line up with their own expansion. A parent can heal those aspects. A parent can realize their desires actually go in the direction of them. The shadows of the family line are passed on to be resolved through the progeny. But when parents are particularly unhealed, like they are in a dysfunctional family, it's almost impossible for their children to needle them into their own expansion. They resist that expansion and thus make all of the relationships in their life decompose completely. And in this type of a family or with this type of an adult, essentially what you see on the surface is not even close to what's happening underneath the surface, the things that even they won't admit to. The parent may say that they want their child to be happy, but the child's happiness is actually a threat to his or her own sense of self. I will paint you a picture of what I mean. I want you to imagine a little girl who's super happy lying on the living room floor with her fruit snacks and toys. 
When the mother sees her daughter happy, it reminds her of how happy she isn't. It reminds her of the way she sacrificed her own ambition for the sake of staying home to raise this little girl. It reminds her of how she feels used and abused because while this little girl plays, she has to clean the dishes and do laundry. She feels like she has no personal success and instead is expected to be a slave with no personal worth of her own. She actually feels like her daughter is leaving her behind and abandoning her emotionally when her daughter is happy and she is not. The pain wells up in her. She is not conscious enough to do anything constructive with it or change anything about her life choices because of it, so she feels like this little girl is causing her pain. Her subconscious rises up with vengeance. The mom blindsides this little girl by shaming her for being selfish or withdrawing or complaining to someone about her in front of her or telling this little girl something that would make her sad or afraid. All of this is done on a subconscious level to reestablish a sense of closeness with her daughter, but the message is clear. You cannot be close to me if you are happy. Closeness with our parents is what our survival depends on, and so the child will give up joy for fusion with this person. When we grow up around adults like this, we learn that joy is quite literally dangerous. So we learn that not being okay is the way to establish social closeness with the people around us. Also, not being okay is like a white flag that we raise for mercy. It's like saying, no, no, I'm not okay, I'm not okay, I'm not okay. Knowing that when people see that, chances are that they will be manipulated into not adding more pain, not targeting us, not punishing, not going away and leaving us alone, and maybe even be manipulated into doing something loving to us. If we grew up with this type of dynamic in our home, then chances are we're pretty stuck because we also learned that we couldn't take being not okay too far in the opposite direction because why we live with a parent that's also gonna take that personally. So if we get too unhappy, then they're gonna basically make us the reason for all of the problems in their life. We're gonna become the scapegoat of the family. This parent lives their life from a foundation of shame. So if we're miserable, not being able to face the shame of feeling like they had something to do with that, they will deflect it and turn you into the issue. They will use your unhappiness as a way to escape from their own problems and to meet their needs through other people's pity. To understand more about this dynamic, I encourage you to watch my video titled Deflection, The Coping Mechanism from Hell. It's at this point that I have to tell you that yes, unfortunately, when some of us are unhealed enough, our relationships and our family become a no-win situation. Our only way of staying socially safe is to stay right in the middle in this horrible little sweet zone where we're not okay and happy and we're also not too unhappy. Many parents with this pattern build their relationships with their children based on obligation. Therefore, when something is wrong with the child out of a sense of obligation, they will come close to their child, maybe even meet some of their needs. But the second that that child is okay, bam, they're off doing their own thing. Thank God I can go read or thank God I can go do my work or something else. Now what this child does in this scenario is that they take the table scrap of obligation as their only sustenance of love or energy coming towards them from the parent. Obligation becomes a substitute for real love. They constantly create conflict or crisis or accidents to get those crumbs because the alternative they are looking at is emotional starvation. The thing that makes this pattern so difficult to see is that it's not that people who were caught in this social patterning as children or even now currently in their life are acting as if they're not okay. They actually aren't okay. 
I mean, the situations that have been going on in their social lives and relationships, really our life, are so painful that they genuinely have major, major problems. They're genuinely in a hell of a lot of pain. So it's not about the fact that they're acting or staying there on purpose. It's that when they start to heal or when they start to go in the direction of happiness, suddenly this huge resistance crops up, this absolute terror, I mean dissociative level terror, that what they are in fact headed towards is complete isolation, punishment, rejection, any number of painful things. It has been ingrained that being okay and happy means guaranteed pain, so they learn that there is a very safe but painful sweet spot called I'm not okay. Many people who grew up with this pattern in childhood learned to adapt to the type of parents or adults they had in their life that were like this by realizing something. The alternative way to creating closeness with this person is if I completely abandon my own happiness for theirs. That means when my parent isn't happy or isn't doing okay, I scramble around to try to make them feel better I scramble around to try to meet their needs. By doing so, I make myself indispensable to this person. This is the origin of the rescuer complex. This child learns that their only worth and value is to rescue their parent when they are unhappy. Now here's the thing. When this parent is happy or is feeling good, bam, that parent's gone. That parent's like, oh good, thank God. I can go off and do my own thing. Oh, thank God, now I want to go X, Y, Z. And so this child actually learns that by the parent being happy, they get abandoned. In other words, I get abandoned if someone is okay. This person grows into somebody who unconsciously does one of two things in relationships. Either the second that somebody in their life is happy, they vanish and withdraw because there's no worth that they serve and they risk abandonment, in fact, being connected to somebody who's in a good space, or they start collapsing people emotionally on purpose so that they will fall down and thus have the need to be rescued. So it's basically like somebody who kicks the legs out from somebody and then comes in as a rescuer for the very condition that they have created. This is the social patterning that occurs within a person who has learned this dynamic within childhood. The message that these people have received is no one could possibly want to be with them for them. The only reason that someone would want to be around them is to use them as an emotional buoy. As adults, the people who learned it wasn't okay to be okay and that the only way to have emotional closeness is to either be okay or for the other person to not be okay, find each other. They find each other like magnets. And then they perpetuate this painful relationship patterning in their adult relationships. We need to be aware of this emotional dynamic in order to change it. It is not possible for us to be happy and not be able to have closeness with other people. But let's just pretend in a parallel universe that it was actually possible. It's not really worth being happy if you're completely and totally alone. So unless we are conscious of this pattern, we will quite literally choose as a human race to keep ourselves back completely for the sake of being close to one another. We tend to project the idea that we had of our childhood authority figures over the concept of the universe or God. The things that we expected from those people, expecting meaning positive and negative, what did you anticipate, is exactly what you anticipate from the universe at large. So for many of us that grew up in this type of a situation, we will notice that the minute we become okay or happy, especially if we express that to someone, 
we're almost looking for some kind of universal hammer to fall down on our head to crush us completely. That's when we expect that something's going to go wrong, some curveball is going to be thrown, some tragedy is going to strike. What we have to get is that we don't feel like this because it's actually the way the universe is, because it isn't. The universe is in favor of your happiness and joy, in fact needs you to go in the direction of that for the sake of your and its expansion. What's happening here is that people that you were in relationship with were absolutely against your happiness and maybe, potentially, still maybe. And it is those people either that were in your life or are currently in your life that are making it seem like every time you are happy some horrible thing happens because it is actually happening on purpose subconsciously. In truth, connection and closeness should have absolutely nothing to do with being okay or not being okay. Whether a person is happy or not should have nothing to do with connection. They are two independent things. But in today's world, with today's social shadows, we need to begin to let ourselves be connected and be happy at the same time. We need to stay connected whether we're happy or sad. Happiness has got to cease to be something that creates isolation or that we use to create isolation. If we make this change by becoming aware of this dynamic, then what we are looking at is a world where it's not only okay to not be okay, it's okay to be okay. Have a good week.